It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey everybody, it is a great day to talk about some X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello. There's a lot of energy from Carson there. That was great. Yeah, slightly more energy than normal, so hopefully this will be a good one. Uh, This week we're going to be taking the uh, Resistance uh, Transport Pod Challenge. So, John, take it away. How many transport pods can you eat? Uh, three whole. <laughs> oh, wait, did you practice beforehand? <laughs> I'll neither confirm nor deny that, but I will be going <laughs> to the hospital afterwards. So, <laughs> Well, we'll try to make this quick then. This week, we're going to be uh, continuing our Essential Starfighter series. We wanted to do something a little different for it, so we're going to be talking about a very interesting ship, the Resistance Transport Pod. Yeah, I think I just need to get in front of this and say, do not eat these ships. <laughs> yes, to be clear, that was a joke. John only ate two. They do look delicious, um, but they're they're better used on the table. Given today's internet climate, I feel it's important to also say don't eat real Tide Pods. You never know who's listening, so don't eat those either. We have a large audience of uh, young X-Wing players. I just want to clarify, don't eat anything that's not food. I think that's, just, that's our official statement. But also do it for the vine, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> rip vine. Bring it back. Bring back Vine. Uh, So lots to talk about today. Let's get into it. All right. So there's good energy in the recording studio today because we get to talk about perhaps the most exciting ship in all of X-Wing. Oh, please. The Resistance Transport Pod. I will say it's like one of the most interesting ships um you know when we did we classified i think we classified every x-wing ship when we were doing our essential ship types so whenever we broke them down into categories and most of the time it was really easy to set each ship in a specific category because there are some patterns in design that we'd see occasionally we'd see some that kind of bleed over into another category this one stumped Um, us this this one is bananas because um it's really hard to see what the design intentions were like i kind of on theming, know what it's supposed to be, but then it seems to go in wildly different directions depending on how you use it. Yeah, it's the taxi you take to everyone's favorite uh, space casino. <laughs> but yeah, between like the varying pilot abilities and the cost of these ships, like there's just there's so much like flooding over into the other categories that make this ship such kind of an enigma, honestly, when it comes to the specific ship type. Well, and have you ever seen so much red on any ship, right? With that dial, that action bar, like it is confusing to know what you can do with the ship or how not to get stress. <laughs> yeah, th- so this ship's interesting because I think we'd all probably agree it's really proven not to be a bad ship, but it has a like a bad dial and a bad action bar, which are kind of like two of the most fundamental important parts of an X-Wing ship. And yet I keep taking it to tournaments. Um, I don't know what <laughs> that says okay about me or the ship. You're the last North American champ, so I'm saying you're doing fine. I did not use it there. <laughs> Let's be clear. 
Uh, so it seems like the resistance transport pod is supposed to be a utility ship. And uh, utility ship's an interesting category. Uh, it encompasses anything that really falls into what you'd call support. It encompasses anything that falls under what you'd call control. Um, and usually the ship's purpose is not to be a main avenue for like damage output. It's really there to assist other ships in your list. That's the primary function. Obviously, every ship in X-Wing can attack and should attack. Um, but that's not usually the main reason you use a support ship. And yet, and yet, this resistance transport pod um, seems to be pretty apt at combat and still has these utility options and doesn't cost too much, uh, which is the center of a really weird Venn diagram here for X-Wing. Like the number of reasons to take this ship overlap with the number of reasons not to take it, and it makes my mind just not understand like what's going on. Yeah, so let's dive in and, and try and kind of parse that out. Yeah, so I think if you really look at like the ground level of why this ship can be very good, um, it's really a cost thing. So this thing is critically inexpensive um, and in a lot of ways functions like a pretty good light fighter a lot of the time where you're getting a pretty good value for the amount of points you're investing in it. Right. I mean, two attack dice is just fine when you don't have to pay too many points for it. You know, you can take that um, in mass. You know, you can take up to four of these because there's only four pilot options. Um, but really, you're taking one or two and fitting them into a list with a lot of other ships. And you get to do that because they don't cost too much, which is, you know, kind of filling that uh, filler role, if you would, of a light fighter. And that is kind of the most common way you see these ships being used, uh, which is kind of interesting for that utility ship. And in X-Wing, you know, pretty much any good thing comes at a cost, whether that's in points or that's losing out on some functionality. And uh, the the low actual, like, point cost of this ship, um, you do trade a lot for that. The dial is awful on this thing. Probably the worst small base dial, arguably. Um, and most of its actions are red which does not pair up well with a dial that has also a lot of red on it. Right. It's only white action is either a focus or a calculate if you're BB-8. Uh, and then it's got a red lock, a red barrel roll, and a red jam action. It is pretty exciting to have that jam action. So they were seeing, okay, there is that utility ship option. Um, but so you have all those red actions, and they're like, okay, do we have a decent amount of blues to clear that? And all you have are the one and two straights and the one banks. And, you know, that could be enough if you had a bunch of other white maneuvers or, you know, a bit more white on your action bar. That would be fine. You wouldn't feel it that much. But you have a bunch of red maneuvers, and um, they're often those maneuvers where you want those to stay in formation with the rest of your ships, right? This is the resistance. So we have a lot of fast ships. We have X-Wings and A-Wings. Um, those are usually what you're pairing it with or even um, fireballs. And all those ships go a lot faster than the resistance transport pod. Yes, Carson, I feel like you probably have more experience flying resistance than anybody, and they do have that trend of being very fast. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about uh, ships needing to complement each other or ships that do complement each other don't necessarily have to synergize. I think a big part of um, having complementary ships in a list is that their dials 
work together enough that you can keep them together when you want to. Do you feel like this ship has a hard time doing that for the resistance because it's so much slower? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's ships that might have a worse style than this, um, or at least just as bad, but I just think you really feel how bad that dial is with the transport pod uh, because, you know, I want to be doing those three banks to keep up with these X-Wings or I'm playing resistance ships and I, you know, do want to use their synergies and stay in formation. Um, and it's hard to just like turn around asteroids when I only really have that white two turn option. Um, because if I do the red turn, uh, then I'm going to fall behind the next turn as well. Well, and like not accounting for like pilot abilities, this ship gets put in very vulnerable situations because even if you use like a single red action that really limits what your already limited dial can do and you've only got three hole in one shield and two agility so like this thing can fall apart on you pretty quickly yeah so there's a lot of kind of downsides with this ship and i think it's maybe it's important to start with those downsides you know the action bar it's tough um maneuvering around with the ship it's tough and yes, it does only have those four hit points to agility to back it up. And it costs a little bit more than most light fighters. So why is anybody taking these? And that's, um, I think, in part because. Well, it's it's vastly it's not their stat line, right? It's not their dial. It's not their action bar. It's all these ships. Um, it all comes with a unique pilot. There's no generic option for their transport pod. And so we're not looking at it with just a stat line. It's, okay, how do these pilot abilities impact this ship? And that's where the ship does basically a 180 of like, oh, everything here looks bad, to suddenly this fixes everything, and I'm excited to include this ship in my list, uh, which is pretty insane, but that's that's what this ship is, right? It's which pilot am I taking? It's not the chassis. Yeah, Carson, you're right. There's some really good named pilots for this ship, um, you know, you see people take Finn and Rose a lot, uh, probably because they have the two best abilities of the four pilots available for this chassis. Um, but they have very different roles, right? So the ability that Finn has to kind of add that blank and then some other things that allow him to have rerolls makes him comparable to a heavy fighter in a lot of ways, actually. Well, right, because so this is a ship where I'm like, um, when, when you're investing points into it, either spend a little bit or spend a lot like don't be in the middle of the road there where you like half invest in it um because you can get a pretty crazy good fin if you just like dump a bunch of points in here and he's gonna have some really good offensive and defensive uh capabilities and it's pretty easy to do that too because this ship has a pretty good line of upgrade slots you know they've got that crew slot um the tech slot a uh, couple other things, you know, you've got the talent slot. So there there are a lot of things that you could dump into this to make it that much more powerful. But again, it's good enough on its own with its ability that you don't need to dump a lot of points into it. Yeah, Finn is kind of crazy where it's like, okay, this thing looks super weak. Uh, if I just look at that, that stat line, okay, I'm just going to throw some attacks into it. And then suddenly he just like dodges everything because he adds focuses um, or adds blank and then rerolls it with heroic. And you're just like, wait, how did I not do anything? And <laughs> now he's going to attack me with a three dice gun as well. Um, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, you can even mitigate a lot of that dial by sinking points into like pattern analyzer. Well, now I can still get two focuses when I take a red maneuver. 
yeah, you just kind of, okay, let's throw some points and change all of the weaknesses of this ship. And then I'm left with, you know, for about the cost of an X-Wing, about the same impact and maybe a little bit more consistent. And this still boggles my mind because I know Finn is good. I've played against Finn. I've seen Finn succeed a lot. And it still just like doesn't make sense to me because like I feel like I'm adding up all these different numbers and I'm getting a total of more than the numbers combined, right? Um, but that's like this weird, sh- this ship's weird intangible quality where like it seems weak in so many categories, but it like just falls into the right little niche uh, that it really boosted a resistance squad who need more of those ships that kind of fit in that lower point total or like sub quarter of your list total. Right. And if you ever do get to like block Finn and he doesn't get to take his two focuses with um, perceptive co-pilot, then you actually get to see, okay, this is just a four hit point ship with two agility uh, that I could quickly take off the table. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, yeah, he's an insane value. And then, I mean, my favorite for value is, you know, not quite as extreme. Um, you know, we look at Rose, she's a little bit cheaper. You get um, even better um, initiative and a really cool ability that you don't really have to sink any points into to be good. Yeah, Rose is a pretty good example, actually, kind of going back to last week's episode of a ship that um, other ships complement her pretty well. Um, there's a little bit of blend here between synergy and complement because her ability allows her to reroll on both defense and attack for friendly ships she has in her arc, um, which is a pretty good ability. You know, gives her a little bit more survivability, a little bit more uh, potential to do damage. Uh, she's also five points cheaper than Finn too, so she's uh, she's pretty comparable to a light fighter on the inverse of Finn being kind of the heavy fighter option. Well, it's so funny how few rerolls you actually need to get with her ability in order to get value from it. Because, like, she's kind of in the perfect spot with two attack dice and two agility dice, especially on defense, where getting even just, like, a single defensive reroll can, like, make or break so much damage over the course of a game. And she seems like an easy target at first because you, you feel like you just have to get a few points of damage through. But when she, re- when, you know, when she gets focused and she rerolls into a couple of evades, suddenly it takes at least a whole extra round to kill her. Um, and then she still gets those offensive modifications. So she synergizes well with just any other chips in your list. And when you throw in something like just Pava over in a T70, they can feed off of each other with those rerolls. Like Jess getting the reroll for friendly ships at range one and Rose trailing behind keeping Jess in her arc. Right. And, and so there, you know, you definitely are in synergy terms where all those ships are helping each other out. Um, but Rose is kind of an interesting spot where, you know, it, is kind of a formation flying ability but you really don't need to be in that much of a formation and so you do have a lot of tactical options um where it's usually pretty easy to have one friendly ship in that that firing arc that matters and so it's like an incredibly easy ability to trigger and when you you know when you just have at least one reroll it's not that the ship is crazy survivable but you know, if your opponent's going to dedicate all of their firepower to taking it off, well, okay, they only scored like 25, 30 points, depending on if you put any upgrades on her. And so that's totally fine, right? And, and that's, that's where this ship does exceed, is like, okay, um, its combat impact is much greater than the points you're investing into it. And that's definitely true with Finn and Rose there. 
and Rose just really falls into that great niche where, you know, when she's out on her own, she is pretty easy to kill if she's not getting the rerolls, but she's also probably not worth the attention to focus her down. There's probably bigger threats yet you have to deal with. And that's when she can capitalize, right? When the other ships in the other two in your list, in the opponent's list, get into the fight, she rolls in, she's got all kinds of targets in the firing arc, so she can start getting rerolls on all her attacks. And suddenly she hits a lot harder than it seems like she should. All right, but there are two more. We got BB-8, number one pilot for the transport pod. No, this one's bad. No. <laughs> well, it's BB-8 feels a little sad because that ability where during the system phase, you can uh, perform a red booster barrel roll. Um, I really don't see why it couldn't have been a white booster barrel roll for BB-8. I feel like BB-8 is probably the weakest pilot for the ship just because you already have so much red on the dial and so much red on the action bar. And you can't move that fast anyway. Why not have given him a free reposition, you know? It's also just odd to me that he's a higher initiative than Finn with that ability even in mind. Like, why it was BB-8 a 3? I just don't understand. This is just another part of the Finn not getting the respect he deserves uh, in the sequel era. I personally like V-Marati. I think that's a pretty interesting ability even at initiative one, uh, being able to give that compromising intel condition to an enemy ship, and then in the system phase, being able to reveal the dial for that ship. I mean, there's a good chance that even though she's initiative one, or he, I guess I don't know which one it is, like there's an enemy ship at range zero to three of you, and there's a good chance that it might be the one with the condition on it. So it's like a free dial look, which seems pretty good. Right, and that carries so much weight if your opponent's only flying a few, you know, costly ships in their list. Like if you're playing against triple aces, you know, revealing Sundrafell's dial gives you a lot of information you can do, you can use uh, with your A-wings to, like, interrupt your opponent's strategy and block them. Plus, you put that condition on an ace, right? And then that ace can't modify uh, its dice against Vimarati using focus tokens, which gives her or him a little bit more survivability as well. And let's talk for a minute. So looking, I'm kind of looking at all four pilots in this ship, and I don't think in X-Wing we find four more different pilot abilities, right? We have BB-8, who's got a reposition ability. We have Rose Tico, who's got a synergy ability that works just with her, any other ship or with other ships that want rerolls like Jess. We have Finn's ability, which lets Finn become more like a heavy fighter in terms of value. And then we have Vimarati, which is like a really dedicated uh, control ability. Like, I don't think you see pilots more diverse than that in any other ship. Probably not. I mean, there might be like some niche scum one, right? But I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, but I mean, it's cool to see, right? Like it's it's more refreshing, I think, for the game to have the same chassis be so variant between its pilot options that, you know, which depending on which one you would include, like you have a very different element to your list than if you took one of the other three options. Right, and just giving like the type of the ship, like we expected to see a lot more abilities like uh, V's there, um, but instead they went all these different directions. Right, let's like, oh, let's make it more maneuverable, or let's give it, um, you know, this crazy squad bonus, or just let it be an all star on its own. Kind of a lot of different directions there. Yeah, I think that's well put there, Tim. All right, so let's uh, let's put this into practice here, and let's look at some list examples uh, that you two were gracious enough to come up with. Carson, what have you got? 
Well, I figured, you know, I, I do play this ship a lot. Why not just use the, the most recent list that I included um, a resistance transport pod in? Um, so I think this is what I flew at Lima. So we have start off, of course, the all-star uh, Rose Tico. Uh, and she just has C-3PO. And I really like C-3PO on Rose for a lot of reasons. So one of which is Rose and 3PO both went down in the last points update. So that's great. Always a good starting point. The other is um, C-3PO's first ability is when you take a calculate, you can get another calculate. And with you have those passive, you know, recursive rerolls that, you know, you can activate multiple times in a turn. Well, you really want to spread out your modification. So instead of taking one focus, like turning that into two calculates, uh, really does up the combat efficiency of Rose. You know, boosts her survivability. She can have kind of double mods on multiple defensive uh, rolls or. Um, have one for defense and one for offense. A lot of versatility there. And then, of course, there's the big reason you take 3PO, which is you add that coordinate action, right? That red coordinate. And yes, that's another red action to throw on this ship. And you definitely feel <laughs> that with the blue maneuvers. I mean, why not at a certain point, right? Get all the red actions on <laughs> Yeah, just lean into it. Um but on top of that, Rose still gets an action. She still gets one calculate and, and can modify, you know, offense or defense with that. And so it's like, okay, this 30 point ship can throw an action um, to someone else, whoever, um, whenever they need that and still be um, contributing meaningfully to combat. And so that's the whole list, right? It's just Rose with 3PO. <laughs> that does <laughs> everything. Rose with C3PO. Um, the other thing, um, you mentioned, you know, Jess with Rose, and those are kind of like a perfect pair in my mind where they're both initiative three, so you can move them in either order when you activate. And their abilities work perfectly together where Jess wants um, people next to her and Rose wants people in her firing arc, so you just put Jess in front. And so Jess is always in Rose's firing arc and Rose tries to keep up uh, and stay within range one of Jess. And, and so they both can, you know, make sure they each get at least one reroll. And that's great. And, and so those are kind of the slower pieces of the list. And then I have Lulo, Lampar with Lone Wolf, and then uh, Trigger Happy Poe with, uh, you know, whatever toys you want to afford. I did R4 Astromech, Heavy Laser Cannon, Heroic, and S-Foils. And so what's cool about this list is, yes, um, I kind of think of it as three ships. And with that, there's not too much synergy but they complement each other where i have two mobile uh ships lulo and poe that can kind of move around and do whatever they want operating at a high initiative and then i have the two ship block that's rose and jess and they have some inherent synergy with each other um and also don't mind if some of the other ships um come nearby and get in their firing arc or within range one of jess to boost their synergies but you have to understand that because of Rose's mobility, like Jess and Rose are a bit more predictable. They're going to stay together. And I have to really think about keeping Lulo and Poe away for a bit so that Rose and Jess have time to catch up and get into the fight. And so everyone can get there and converge at the same time. And if that works, 
it's awesome. And I know it's definitely gone both ways for you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> One turn makes all the difference. So, John, what did you choose? So, I think it's important to start with this disclaimer. I did not come up with this list, but I was tooling around on List Fortress, and the uh, German-Austrian-Swiss uh, national was this past weekend. Um, and this list was one that popped up in Swiss that included some of the transport pods that I thought was interesting, so I thought uh, we could talk about it here. Um, and it was flown by, I, I apologize if I just absolutely butcher this name, but uh, Aurelian Kudray. Um, and it's got two of the transport pods. It's actually got both Rose and Finn. Um, Rose has no upgrades. Finn has Heroic and then Automated Target Priority, which is a newer upgrade that came oh, with cool, yeah. the, um, I believe it was the Xi class shuttle, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Um, and then you've got three T-70s. So it's got the Red Squadron Expert with Jamming Beam, S-Foils, and Heroic, Lieutenant Bastion with Jamming Beam and S-Foils, and Jess Pava with Jamming Beam and S-Foils as well. It's hard to find a list that has Rose in it that doesn't have Jess in it also. Right. Um, no, automated targeting priority is cool. Um, I haven't seen this one as much in practice, obviously, because there hasn't been as much X-Wing in my life uh, recently, but that one's just a one-pointer. While you perform an attack, you must choose a defender at the closest valid attack range. After you perform an attack that missed, place one Calculate token on this card. Before you engage, you may remove one Calculate token from this card to gain a matching token. Um, so it definitely synergizes well with Finn because you can stockpile those Calculates Um and then you have them for, especially for defense. I think that's vitally important for Finn. Well, it is when he engages, so it's not going to be so much for defense. But you take that focus token, and um, you can use that for defense. And then you still have that calculate left over for offense. So it's not quite as flexible as you know the perceptive co-pilot version or perhaps the C three PO version. But uh, it's you know like seven points cheaper and. <laughs> that's that's right. not something to dismiss. And so we could have a bunch of other ships with that as well. And, you know, the same way I said, oh, Jessica Pava pairs great with Rose. Well, the same is true with Lieutenant Bastion and Finn. You know, those two are just um, all about offense there and moving at initiative two. Um, that seems to work really well. And then we have the three initiative threes. You got a lot of flexibility, I think, in how you activate and keep this squad together, which I think is really cool. I, in general, actually like Lieutenant Bastion. I think he's kind of an underutilized T-70. His ability to get those locks out is pretty good. Um, and at that lower initiative, that ability is almost always triggering. So I think he's a really interesting piece in this list. Um, and I think this is just a good example of some different, you know, re-rolling synergy that we had talked about last week and a good use of both of the primary named transport pods. Yeah, I mean, that Red Squadron Expert's the only ship in there that doesn't have double mods, right? You have the two uh, transport pods that get the heavily modded offense, and then the two T-70s that get heavily modded offense, and then fill it out with a normal T-70. That is a crazy amount of efficiency. So there you have it, a couple example lists that you can try out. We want to know, though, what? how do you fly your resistance transport pod? Uh, what list do you put them in? And we really would like to hear why BB-8 is actually the best pilot. So if you have a really good explanation of that, we would love to hear that. Listen, I tried BB-8 for quite a while when it came out, and I it's just it's one stress token too many, I think. But I love to be wrong. That's my favorite thing in life. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. Please consider going on iTunes and leaving the podcast a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and become a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already become a supporter. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. I'm fine with all of that. That was great. It was wholesome <laughs> and tasteful. <laughs> Just like Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs>